What's going on, everybody? It's Shot Callers back in the building. We are here on a Monday night, getting it right and tight. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, but it's Monday, but it's Shot Callers Day, so it's all good. So we are here once again uh, with my man to my top, producer Tim. What's going on, my brother? My man, busy. Filling up the 48 minutes boards right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my brother, my ace, Buku, my number one, Joshua Odellis, Forellis, Optellis, Overzealous, (laughs) Montellis, Hayes. What's good, my brother? I think I'm about to throw that Montellis in my actual name. I'm going to get that up. (laughs) No doubt about it. But um, man, I'm I'm feeling a little down. I'm glad I, I'm here with my fellas talking basketball. Man, one of the things we're going to talk about tonight kind of hurt me a little bit. So you see, I had to go back to the glory days of the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yeah, no, you had to throw, get that shooting <laughs> shirt with the remember the shooting shirts with the collar, boy. <laughs> I think Mitchell Ness sells them for like three hundred dollars. All I need is to tear this off and have that Chicago written in cursive, and I'm in the cursive on it. You know what I mean? Man, that, yeah, that's that's definitely old school right there. That's that's dope. Uh, those are those are fly. I wish they'd bring those back one time, just one time. They ain't gonna have it a whole lot, but the 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 collar warm up. I'm definitely down with it. I, I like those. Those in the '90s, full like starter button downs. Those, <laughs> yes, yeah. Tim. Don't don't get me started on the starters. The starter jackets, bro. Them starter jackets was legit. Them things are so tight. Uh, yeah, those those things were legit, no doubt about it. Um, so t- uh, Odellis Forellis, I know that you had talked about this and we had just mentioned it. Uh, these two crazy endings to games we saw, and I had to go back and watch the end of the Blazer Bulls because I missed it, but I definitely watched the Wizards and Nuggets or Nets live. But the end of the Blazers bull game. First off, here let's just say this. This is what I'm going to say. Is there anybody in the league that you would trust taking big shots more than Dame Lillard? I, I, oh. That guy's hit more long-range, big-time threes. I mean, and I don't know if it's just because he hits them in key moments, but I feel like every time we look up, that dude's hitting a shot from the logo. He's hitting shots from deep range. He's hitting step backs. I mean, is there – I mean, in that game, he hit two huge threes. Like, and nobody – I mean, nobody, to me, hits bigger shots than Dame. I mean, it's always Dame time, baby. It's always so, Dame time. So, I, I'm I'm with you. Like, I don't understand it. I've never understood stuff like this. So we, we, we've got to watch this for a few years now in the playoffs. These are playoff shots, like to win games mm-hmm. and knock down. I, I mean, I can count at least four or five of them that he's actually knocked down and you know that he's going to shoot it. Absolutely. And yet you're not playing the type of defense that's going to not let him shoot the ball. So everyone, if you go back and watch every single shot that he's taken, other than the one where he curled around and kind of shot it fading off balance, everyone's been like a sidestep three-pointer. So mm-hmm. that's kind of his go-to. You know he's going to shoot it. What does he do? Um, he comes down, he has the ball, sidesteps, shoots the three, it goes in. You're like, well, crap. Well, 
if they can somehow either foul them and miss some free throws or get, get a steal or whatnot, they can get back and actually win this game. Well, they do something I didn't think they was going to be able to do. They got a jump ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they tied a ball up. Like, what the heck? Apparently, see in the NBA. And then on the jump ball, a guy that I'm not thinking is going to actually get the jump ball gets it. Right. And they get the ball back to Dame, and you know he's going to shoot it again. <laughs> and you still don't put the D on him, and he gets the shot off. Bro, it's, it was let it go, I'm like, that's game time, man. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Because as I'm watching it, I'm like, there's no way Trent's going to get the tip. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he can jump. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, I mean, he won the tip easy. He gets up there gets the tip easy. I mean, game time, it's money in the bank. I, 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 That's the thing. We don't, even call it, we don't even call it game time. We call it game time. There it is. Right there. I mean, it, it was crazy to watch him. And I'm – and I know this is hard for you and Tim, both being <laughs> Bulls fans. <laughs> We're used to it, man. We're used I, to I it. mean, I mean, to have the – I mean, it's almost like, you know, ripping that victory from the jaws – I mean, just from the jaws of having that win. You had it. I mean, and Dame Little just comes in and just says, nope, not having it. Not having it at all. I feel like but- as Bulls fans, we're just, like, living, like, excessive karma – from all the Michael Jordan like times he like snatched victory from the jaws of defeat yeah. and like yeah. I feel like now this is the basketball guys like yeah. we gave you a decade of this <laughs> you will pay for eternity. It is. I, it does kind of feel that way. Like like you know you like guys we gave you six rings you had a great run with Jordan and the Bulls because and now we're gonna go uh, now we're taking a little bit of that back. So um, so, so if I'm not mistaken, did you not did you not do, jump ball with Levine? I think you're right. Yeah, I was honest, it Levine. I, I thought at the end. Yeah, it might have been. I I couldn't I couldn't remember if it was Levine or, or one of their like forwards. I, I wasn't really sure. Uh, well, still, but, I, I think. But he hit that bad. last shot over marketing, didn't he? Yes. Like was... marketing is a seven footer. Don't ever. It, talk I mean, that was marketing ever again. <laughs> But, I mean, Morgan is a seven-footer, dude. I mean, he just let it fly, and it was just beautiful. But, Ben, it was just crazy, as crazy as the ending of that game was, the ending of the other game yes. was more insane. Yeah. And that, how that game ended with the just all the stuff that had to happen for them to be the game was perfect. I know, so, right? Russell Westbrook hit a three. Like, come on, guys. Right. Crazy. Hold on. Not only did he hit it, I mean, it didn't hit nothing. It was splash money. <laughs> like, like, he was Steph Curry. Like, it didn't so, so let's So, let's remember that game. Kyrie's on the free throw line. Uh-huh. He hits, hits the free throw to go up five. Yep. And up until the fourth quarter, like, Bradley Bill was nowhere to be found. And then well, yeah, he's not even yeah, at the if, huddle. He's yeah, like, you're saying, if you remember the pictures on Twitter, like that's when all the trade stuff started. He's like, you know, free Bradley Beal, get him out of there. He hates it. And they're having a huddle. And he's sitting in the back on the, by the chairs by himself. I think he was just collecting his thoughts, man. He knew that he, <laughs> he could have <laughs> It's like, I hope my wife's not doing another busted challenge on TikTok right now. <laughs> think about this. They they get the ball to Beal. He comes down the court, and I'm thinking, like, all right, he's going to have to make a move, get a shot off. Like, he just pulls it, like, with yeah. someone back in his face, and it hit all bottoms. Yep. Yep. And then he hits it. Joe Harris gets the ball out of bounds, and I don't even know who he was throwing it to because KD was already cutting the other way. He just threw the ball to the – yeah. 
He, yep. the, he throws it over to Russ. Russ takes it. He's like, that's bottoms. And you're like. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it, it was so crazy the way Joe Harris just turned it through the ball. I'm like, I'm like, there's only so many seconds left to go in the game. I'm like, at least evaluate the situation before you try to throw it in. I mean, he, it just looked like he just turned it through it in. I mean, and there they, they were. So they showed that Russ and Beal had 37. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. Bro, they scored something like 130 points in like 39 it, minutes. It, yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was insane. Like, because it was, yeah, it was like 139 points. Like, it, it was the way they were hitting shots and, and came back in that game was just insane. So It was absolutely insane. So, go ahead, Tim. So, this goes back to what we've kind of been taught. So, you know, to give people a little peek into our, our, our group text between the three of mm-hmm. us. Josh will often share like net stats and he'll be like, look, man, like, you know, if they learn to play defense, which we all agree, if they learn to play defense, they're never going to learn to play defense. It's no. not happening. No, those guys. I don't think it's in their DNA. I really it's don't. Not, it's not. It's not. It's like, not in their DNA. They're like, Jeff Green, go play defense. And you're like, Jeff Green, like that Jeff right. Green? He's like, that's our stopper? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, and Kyrie straight came on TV. He's like, I couldn't guard a stick tonight. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, and look, and, uh, yeah. I get James Harden to not play in the game. Wait, did he play? Was he out that game? Yeah, he had some kind of like, like leg injury. But yeah. good God, if you can't win a game like that with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And like, look, you know, they've been nine and three in the last 12. Like they've played mm-hmm. really well. They're second mm-hmm. in the East, but it's like. With a disgruntled Bradley Beal. And a, a shell of Russell Westbrook. Who is He's still getting his legs underneath him. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I'm going to stick up for Kevin Durant because I feel he actually plays some defense. Bro. Like the only guy on the team that's playing defense against a bunch of guys that are just running around. And I, get your, I get you. I'm with you. But on the same point about Kevin Durant, how about the awful business decision Davis Bertans made trying to go up against him on a dunk? Oh. Uh, <sighs> nasty. Yeah. yeah, that was that He's was a, a bad move. Yeah, He's that a was a bad. You know, that was a bad move. We talked about this already, but like I am in in awe of the fact that I don't even think that Kevin Durant was really hurt. <laughs> yeah, uh, to watch him play, I mean, the way he moves, the way he's able to get to I me, mean, he still gets to his spots. He's still explosive. Yeah, uh, it, it. I'll I'll say this: it makes me. It makes me hopeful for Clay Thompson's return. I'll say that mm-hmm. because if Clay can return to that, the way Kevin Durant has now, Clay will have less time. But but if Clay can get back to where he was, it makes me hopeful for uh, Achilles tears and Achilles ruptures. Guys returning from those, it makes you hopeful when you watch a guy like Kevin well, the, Durant the, the do what he's doing. The optimism for me with Clay is he's a one dribble shoot guy. So yeah. If he can, if he can lift off those ankles and, and get some jump shots down. I mean, he's going to be back to his old self. Well, yeah. we learned that if Clay Thompson never heals, by the way, that he would be an excellent commentator. Apparently, yes, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> oh man, Rodney yeah, Magruder. That... Oh yeah, did you see the Draymond Green <laughs> press conference? When did he become the tough guy, <laughs> Rodney Magruder? There's so many tough guys in the league now. <laughs> Yeah, he like somebody now. Like, Ronnie McGrudy thinks he's a tough guy in Detroit. <laughs> Wait, did you? He said like he said like I guess like uh, I think it was Wayne Ellington said something. Oh yeah. The second quarter, he went to Ronnie yeah. McGruder. In the fourth quarter, Ronnie McGruder approached him after yes. down like thirty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like Ronnie McGruder. 
You know, you got to <laughs> focus off of losing by 30, man. So you got to create a diversion. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so speaking of uh, disgruntled uh, Wizards, Bradley Beal's name has came up in some trade talks. Um, and, and the one that came out that was really big uh, was him and um, Ben Simmons. That was the that was the one that was kind of talking about. Um, and I, Philly is playing some really good basketball. They got a big win, I feel like, over the Lakers. And I know that people say it's just a seasonal win. It's just in the season. But I, I think when you anytime you can beat the defending champs, um, I think it does wonders for your confidence. Um, because the Lakers, you know, up to that point, it only lost one game on the road. Then, you know, no, that, that was, was their, their first second. loss on the road. Was that their first one? Yeah. I was going to say, because the second one came that Detroit two nights after, right? So, yeah. But that was their first loss uh, on the road. And, you know, Philly claims to be one of those teams that's supposed to be a contender. Joel Embiid claims to be the, one of the front runners for the MVP. So you're seeing those guys play one another. Um, so Bradley Beal has been one of the guys that's been talked about being traded for Ben Simmons. Um, I also saw something today, uh, shout out the athletic read a story about possibly JJ Reddick being traded back to Philly, uh, as to space the floor as a shooter. Um, you know, cause truth be told, I mean, he's, he's just wasting away down there. I mean, in the Pelicans land, that's going to be a rebuild. That's Zion's team. That's Brandon Ingram's team. So, you know, they're trying to, you know, if they do the right thing, try to make a move and get them out of there. Uh, what do you, you know, we kind of, we kind of group text about this earlier. What are your all's thoughts on possibly getting a Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons uh, deal done? Or, or do you think it's a good move? Do you think Philly should stand pat? Because Philly's playing really good basketball. I don't, yeah. I don't think they need Beal. But I, I think that when you bring a Bradley, Bradley Beal in, it, you know, it's just more shooters to open it up for Embiid on the inside and Tobias Harris to work off the wing. So what are your all's thoughts on the possibility of a, of a Beal trade um, or, or J.J. Redick making a move to Philly to make them uh, have more shooters? Joshua, take it first. Yeah, so we, we, we were talking about this in our group text and um, – I, I was I, I said to you guys I think that Simmons for Beal could be a straight up trade, but I don't actually like the fit of Beal going to Philly because you take your floor general away, a guy who's started to figure out how to work well with your big man, and you put shooters around that team. And Tobias Harris kind of found his groove and his rhythm of where he fits at on the team, and I feel like if you bring another scorer in on top of uh, Embiid and, and Harris, and now you don't have anybody to run the offense. And I don't think Seth Curry could be that guy. I don't think they have anybody on the bench that can run the offense. So you take away what I think is what's helping you win right now. Now I get that they may say, oh, we need another shooter here or there. So Reddick does seem like a fit to come back, but I don't think that Beal is the option to go to Philly. So at some point, I would like to think Philly's a little smarter than that. And uh, Maury and, and Rivers are, are a little bit better of saying, like, you know what? I like how we're playing right now. I like our team. Like, as much as I would love to get a, a guy who's probably got a good six or seven years left in his prime, like, that's not a trade for us. So I think that Beal would fit better in somewhere like Miami 
Um, mm. But I think that the package that has to be given up, it's, it's all about, you know, what are you willing to give up for a guy that can get you 30 a game every single night? So I'm out. I'm out on Philly. I'm not saying the deal doesn't happen. Like, just me, my own personal opinion, I just don't think it fits. I, I think you probably lose Tobias Harris somewhere in the offensive bill comes over because of the amount of the way the ball gets moved around. Um, you know, Danny Green and Curry loses their touches with the shots. Um, and I don't know if Embiid can get fed down low because you still have to worry about Simmons with the ball in his hand, man, because he can still get to the basket. Um, he can get inside and get those little floaters and stuff. And like I said, they I feel like they built – Philly has built the perfect team around them right now to try to make a run at the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. I, I definitely agree with that. Producer Tim, what are your thoughts? For once, I'm 100% with Josh on a take. Hey, For once, we are on the hey, same page. We're on the same page. There it is. We we discussed. It's all out of love. So this isn't Absolutely. like a – Yeah, but like – Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. Look. They're, the idea of Bradley Beal and Joel Embiid together is absolutely beautiful. It's, you know, it's it's basketball sex. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I totally agree. In this case, I absolutely love what Daryl Morey and Doc did this offseason. You know, you lose so much defensively if you make that swap. And I think one of the things where the Sixers are really at their best is they're a really good two-way team. Mm-hmm. Maybe the second best to the Lakers, and the, maybe the third best to the Lakers and Clippers. I think, like, that's a huge deal. These teams that won the NBA championship, they're good on both sides of the ball. And I think Philly has really shown that. You know, Ben, you mentioned earlier that whole thing with, like, well, you know, people say it's just a regular season game. Like, that wasn't just a regular season game. I, Tobias I, yeah, Harris. Absolutely. Tobias hey, Harris, absolutely. that was his, like, that's my money. That's my hey, contract. That's shout my out to that. Shout out to that Sixers Lakers game, by the way, man. That was game. It was great a great game. game. Great, game. great game. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm totally with that. I think that that makes a ton of sense. Now, JJ Redick, I do like the idea of bringing him, getting more spacing, putting guys on the floor, but it depends on what you're expending. Because, yes, you're right, Ben. The idea mm-hmm. of JJ Redick, um, you know, leaving New Orleans, it feels necessary. Um, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of talks today about. Um, you know, it looks like they're trying to make some moves. It looks like Lonzo Ball's falling out of the plans. There's a uh, things coming out today that the Golden State New Orleans conversation was actually Lonzo Ball to the Warriors for Kelly Oubre, which Lonzo Ball spreading the ball, the ball to those dudes. Please sign me yeah. up. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say he looks a lot better spreading the dude to those guys than he would does in New Orleans for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, if the Bulls want to like throw a little thing in to get Lonzo Ball, you know what I mean? I'm cool with that. I'm all Ooh. down for that. Um, Tim, Tim, I, I, I didn't even think about the bull. Like that would be ooh, a lot of fun. Yes. Um. So, that's besides the point. So yeah, I think that if there's a Bradley Beal situation, I think it's going to be a team trying to make a big three more of. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say the Lakers specifically because obviously they would have to make a ton of things happen with contracts, especially all those dudes they signed this year. They can't really trade. Like mm-hmm. you can't trade KCP right now. You can't trade, you know, um, Marcus Saul right now. You can't trade Trez right now. I don't think they would trade Trez, to be honest with you. No. Um, no, but no, no. like a team like, you know, like the Miami Heat, I think will do everything possible to get Bradley Beal on their team. I think they have a chance to get him. Pat Riley will find a way to get him. Yeah. Uh, it's just the kind of guy he is. Does it mean Tyler Hero might be, you know, a little lonely in Washington for a little bit? Maybe. But this yeah, is about get Bradley Beal. He's only got what? He only have what? Two more years. Two more years. Yeah, he'll get yeah. out of there. Yeah, he'll I get mean, out of there. So, and I think like part of them is a little nervous about the fact that John Wall has showed them he's not done. Yeah. In person. Oh yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah, I think that uh, absolutely. 
you know, there's this stuff keeps coming out, and like the Wizards just they've they've never been a good organization, man. Like no, not since like Wes Unseld left. Like, <laughs> you know, so, like there were years that you know those John Wall years, like they were going to the playoffs for a little bit, the Wall and Beal, and you know they had their great Eastern Conference semifinals series. Mm-hmm. Notice I emphasize semi with the Celtics right. and that John Wall Isaiah Thomas series when Isaiah Thomas ruined his basketball career. Yes, he um, did. But Beal's got to get moved. But also, I blame Bradley Beal for a lot of this, too, because that dude signed an extension. He did. Yeah. You you did that to yourself. You did that to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did he, but yeah. did he sign that extension thinking that he was going to have John Wall with him? He probably did. He probably also thought that he could get out of there. He, like, he was signing big money because he knew a, a team would take him on. And now he's like, yeah. crap. Yeah. Now, now I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, if he wants to get more notoriety, he must just do what Trey Young does. Just just jump into everybody to get fouls because that's how people watch on TV. <laughs> now, so. He said jump in there. <laughs> so you're all picks. If you had to pick a team that you think Bradley Bill is going to end up on by the trade deadline, who's it going to be? Ooh. By the trade deadline, I think he stays with Washington. By game one of the 2021-2022 season, I said it earlier. I could definitely see a Miami Heat Bradley Beal combo with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah, I like that Heat. I like I like that Heat fit. Um, but I, I, but I think I, I, part of me too though is like there's a, a lot of good contending teams out in the West. So I, I Denver, Denver. That, that's what I'm saying. The Nuggets. Oh my Nuggets god! Is what I was gonna say. If you put him with with Jokic and Murray, like. Sign me up. That's what I'm saying. Like, sign me up. Like, you put those big three together, like, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a team the Lakers and Clippers don't want to face. Tell you yep. what. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if you put them with the Nuggets, that's, that's a problem for sure. So, um, they, I, yeah, Heat's a good fit. Denver's a good fit. I, I think either one of those contending teams would, would, um, would, be, would be logical for that. Um, but, but sticking out west – why is nobody talking about the Utah Jazz? Kick. I mean, they won 11 straight. Everybody, when they win games, I, I read this thing today. When they win games, they're like, they always mention the other team. Oh, and the Jazz win. Oh, by the way, the Jazz won. Why Why no love for the Jazz? I mean, <laughs> they're not sexy. You know what's funny is like, yeah, even, our, even in our last pod, we was making fun of the Jazz with, them spending money on the guys that they have and you know they can never be a contender with those two and blah 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 and then here they are you know they're tied or second in the west right now um nowhere because you know the sexy talk is everybody wants to hear about the clippers and the lakers Mm -hmm. like you know that's what we that's what we feel that the the western conference finals is going to be and what we got a taste of in the bubble is what we thought was going to happen didn't and you know the best series out west was Utah and the Nuggets. Yeah, I yeah. I, they won eleven straight. They lost to uh, those Denver Nuggets last night to break their eleven game winning streak. Um, they've played really, really well. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out why. And Tim, you made a good point. They're just not the sexy pick. You know that right now they're fifteen and five. You know, they're sitting their percentage points behind the Clippers uh, in the in the second spot. 
Um, you have Rudy Gobert, who who we've already kind of mentioned last week. Not, you know, he's a great defender guy. Did they pay him too much money? Um, is Donovan Mitchell a star? You know, uh, why no love for the Jazz? Like I I I I kind of like this team. They they um, they've done some really good things. Uh, Producer Tim. W- w- what are your thoughts on the Utah Jazz who ran off 11 straight wins and sitting right there with the Clippers and the Lakers on top of that Western Conference? Player development, I think it's kind of a big thing for them. Quinn Schneider's obviously been terrific. He's always been a really mm-hmm. good coach. Um, I think getting Mike Conley comfortable in year two in Utah has been so big for them because, you know, he struggled quite a bit last year. Yeah. But Donovan Mitchell got hot. You know, like we've, we, you know, he started the season really slumping. I think Josh at one point sent us a graphic of like he was shooting horribly the first six or seven games of the year. Yeah, and then Ben, and then ben sent over his like last six games where he was on fire. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like he's he's been terrific, and Go Bears obviously like been the best at his role and doing what he does. So, um, I don't know, man. I just think that like things just kind of working out for them. Things are clicking. You know, Royce O'Neal's been really good for them. Uh, mm-hmm. These, you know, these these bench guys that people don't really like know a whole lot about are stepping up and making plays. Jordan uh, Clarkson. Yes, he's Jordan in the, Clarkson's he's been in the huge. six man of the year candidate. He's he is a legitimate six man of the year candidate right now. Yep, um, he's been so, huge. Yeah. So, hey, I do have to I do have to say something funny, and I was going to send you guys this this text earlier while we're talking about Utah. Did you guys see Gobert airball that finger roll? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Not exactly George Gervin. <laughs> <laughs> the ice man i know that's your guy tim so I, I'm <laughs> why you gotta be tim's guy <laughs> we, all, we all have guys man. we all have guys yours is jj barrera mine no nah, man don't don't start that mine's old boy from, from the bucks <laughs> oh man yeah that I, but yeah i they've had a lot of, of key guys um around a lot of their role players step up play really well uh donovan mitchell uh, in that, in the uh, in the eleven that they won in a row, uh, went 18, 32, 28, 27, 26, 18, 28, 36, 23. And then he had a really bad shooting night in New York where he only scored nine. And then in their loss, they scored 13. Um, he's still not shooting the ball the greatest. But in those, in that 11-game win streak, uh, he was shooting uh, – I'm looking at the percentages here. He was shooting probably about looks like 40 some odd percent from from uh from the field. Uh but he shot oh god, he shot really bad in these last two games. So well um, I do want to mention to you that you know in that 11 game winning streak that they had, they were beating teams by an average of 16 points a game. I mean, that's like that's like blowout status so to speak. And they were shooting the lights out from three-point range. Like, even in that game against the Nuggets, I want to say they were like 15 for 17 in the first half on threes, which was like 88%. Like, who shoots the ball like that? Right. But yeah, they ran into they ran into a buzzsaw. Um, Jokic had a <laughs> – man. Yeah. He was – yeah, he went 47 and 12 last night, I think, to and had 22 in the first quarter, I believe it was. Yeah, he – so I he was him around the basket too, man. Like they couldn't do anything with him. Yeah. Now who was defending him last night? Everybody. Like, I mean, <laughs> they, they, for real, they were throwing, they were throwing, they put favors on him. They put, uh, 
They put it Gobert didn't matter. Guardian. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. They well, put on him. He was hitting jump shots. They tried to put Gobert on him. He took him to the basket. I mean, <laughs> right. It was, it was everybody. Everybody was getting at work. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those nights, you know? It was. It was. You know who I'm, I'm giving credit to for the Jazz winning streak? Shaq. <laughs> it's the Shaq spark. I'm telling you. I'm trying Shaq to find this Rudy called Gobert out Donovan stat. Mitchell. He called out Donovan Mitchell. He already called out Rudy Gobert saying he's not worth the money. Uh, he's been on the Jazz all year. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but it feels like to me that the, the TNT guys always got beef with somebody. Mm-hmm. It, I, I'm not sure why. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, the, both all those guys on that set had really good careers. You know, uh, Kenny Smith was very serviceable, has two rings. I mean, Shaq was possibly the most dominant player at his position. You know, has four rings. Barkley's a Hall of Famer. I, I, I don't understand why those guys like to go at this new generation of player. You know, and we talked about this a little last week. Like, like I get Shaq's an analyst, and you have a job to do. I, I understand that. But there's also a way of doing it where it doesn't sound like sour grapes. Like, when you're just calling out a guy after a game – and saying that he's not any good. I said I'm not a, you're not a star and I said what I said and like like what are you benefiting from that? And, and why is there so much contentment and beef with those guys as compared to the guys in the league? You saw it last year with Barkley and Draymond like like those guys I, and, I, and I don't TV. know what it what's that? That was fun TV when they're on the panel together during the bubble. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but but I mean you, I mean you guys see it. Like I don't understand. I'm not understanding why there's so much contentment. Like those guys had great careers. I don't. What are you What are you beefing about? Like I I don't I don't know. It just seems like to me like sometimes it comes off as sour grapes. Everybody so, knows Shaq was great. Everybody knows Charles was great. Let it be what it is. Let those guys – it's these guys to turn out. It's their time to shine. Give them their spotlight. Give them their due. I don't know. It just seems like sour grapes. It seems like, it seems like Ben, anytime someone gets compared – when something gets compared to their careers, whether it be like, you know, Shaq did this and then somebody else is doing it. Barkley did this and somebody else is doing something similar – it's almost like they feel like they have to defend they have to defend their career in order to still say that we are legends, we're Hall of Famers, and like we don't. Like, how many times have we sat here on this show and say, man, like Shaq's resume speaks for itself. Like he doesn't have to say a word. No. He does not have to say a word. And everybody no. knows he's the big diesel, he's the big daddy, he's the big Aristotle. We can keep going. We, we talked about how he even stepped his game up in the finals and he was even more dominant in the finals than he was even in the regular season. Like there is nothing that that man has to say about his career to make us think anything different than him. I mean, our, we all know for a fact, most dominant big man we've ever watched play basketball. And I named my dog after him. Right. Your dog has a jersey and is named after Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, right. um, you know, Barkley, Barkley never won a championship. But just the fact that Barkley won an MVP during Jordan's reign tells you how good Barkley was. And he took yeah. a team to the finals. And 
I mean, he was the first real kind of Draymond Green type, you know. He had it all. He could dribble. He could shoot. He could pass. I mean, he we we talk about how great Barkley was. I mean, and at like six four at six four. So like now we have these guys that are coming in. I don't know if it's that they're they're hurt that these guys are making so much money and they didn't make the amount of money that these guys made and they feel that they're not on the same level as them competitively. I don't really know, but I, I definitely know. I always feel like it's like an attack against their careers that they always want to try to stick up for. So like anytime somebody says something about Shaq, anytime somebody says something about Shaq or his career or he was a bad free throw shooter, like he wants to start popping off at somebody else or, you know, he wants to, he wants to defer to the next man or usually his deferments to Shaq. I mean, to uh, Barkley <laughs> before anybody else, but uh I don't know. I feel like Donovan Mitchell's ascending. He's ascended every single year. He's gotten better at something. So for Shaq to kind of chop him down to be like, I thought he'd be better or I thought he would, you know, this or like those comments were just crazy, man. Like, I don't know. You guys, unless you guys saw something different than what I watched in the bubble with Donovan Mitchell in the, in the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't really have anything else to say. When Shaq said that, we were all kind of like, what in the world are you doing? Yeah, especially because he was like, you know, a couple. Of, I think it was last year. They're like, "Who are who's the who's this modern day version of you?" He had no problem being like, "Well, Giannis. You know, Giannis is great. Giannis is me. Giannis is like, you know, two thousands me." And it's like, okay, yeah, that's good. Like, that's a cool comparison. Like, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And then like it comes to everything else. But you know, he picks at Donovan Mitchell. He's like, I don't think you have what it takes. You know, if you're gonna attack somebody, attack a player who like gets all this publicity and hasn't done shit yet. That's just right. Funny. Sorry absolutely. for my language, but like, no, on. absolutely. You know, go after like, you know, like last year, you and I talked about this quite a bit, Ben, when they discussed Joel and B and they were like, look, we were great. Like we've been there. We mm-hmm. are just telling you what we expect you because you are this all world talent. Absolutely. And like, that was fine. yes, exactly. That was fine. Like I'm cool with that. Like, Oh, absolutely. That yeah. was good. It was good TV. They broke it down and you're seeing right now. I'm not saying this because of that. Joel and B is having, you know, like, a monster year. Yeah, fantastic year. But like they go after they, you know, and like his whole like only LeBron and Steph Curry can talk about what I'm talking about. I'm like, Kevin Durant can't talk about what you're talking about. Right. You know, that dude's got two finals MVPs too. You know, like the other thing too that always cracks me up is um that he like always has this like conversation every year. It's always someone new. And it's like, buddy. Kenny Smith's the only guy on there that's actually a really good analyst. Like he helps basketball. Yeah. And you know, like when Wade's on there, like Wade's fun. Um, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's always down to like, you know, do you remember JaVale's last year with the Warriors? The Warriors had to send like a thing to at do TNT yeah. to be like, quit talking and quit making fun of JaVale so much. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's uh I, I just don't get it. Like I, you know, nobody thinks less of their careers because other guys are doing their thing now in the league. Like Shaq will always be Shaq to me. Like Shaq is the most dominant big man, I th- you know, we've ever seen, uh, you know, as far as just being pure dominance, which iconic by the way, you do of all time. Yeah. Which by the way, Tim, I went back and watched that ma- this magic moment, like unbelievable, so like, unbelievable, unbelievable how that went down. And, and how they how how that all got screwed up because how uh, Penny found out at the Olympic press conference. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like 
Like, that's just so messed up. And how those guys really should have just been winning ring after ring after ring after ring with one another. If Penny's knees would have held up. You know what I mean? I don't know. But not carrying that much of a load with Shaq being there, I would assume his body would have taken less of a beating. You know, but sidebar, side point. Shaq is, you know, Shaq is 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 dominant. Barkley's career was dominant. I, I just don't feel like there's really a need for them to attack this current generation's players. Like I, you know, the Embiid conversation was awesome because that's an inside look into what they feel will make Joel Embiid great. And Joel Embiid took it to heart, and you can see now that it's really kind of he's really kind of focused on being the best player every night and those things are cool but saying that guy you know he's soft or he's not worth this money or he's not this or this that i don't know that that stuff is kind of um barbershop talk and not i, I don't think that's it's not an, analyzing the game you know what i mean they get so, all hyped about trey young hitting 35 foot threes and they criticize guys that take their teams consecutively to the playoffs so you know right yeah, so, you know, I don't know. It is what it is, you know. Uh, I'll back off Trey Young tonight. I've done tw- to it twice now. I was going to say, what's 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 going on with Trey Young? Like, <laughs> I don't think he's a joy to watch play basketball. That's a topic for yeah. another day. We'll get into that another time. Well, but. yeah, we'll we'll definitely discuss that one. We'll definitely discuss that another time. Um, Fastest four hundred threes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he shoots forty percent from two. amazing stuff (laughs) so gentlemen uh we are about a quarter of a way through the season um i want to get your thoughts on these three topics quarter of the way through the season mvp your rookie of the year choice and your most improved player uh producer tim can you give me those three Sure. Um, so MVP, I've been, I thought about this since you sent it earlier over today. Mm-hmm. Um, I was back and forth between Embiid and Jokic. Um, I want to say LeBron because obviously he's having an un- unreal year. He's mm-hmm. learned how to become a sniper, and that's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, but it's hard to ignore what Nikola Jokic has done. Mm-hmm. Um, just an unreal season, you know averaging a damn near triple double yesterday against Utah. When he snapped their win streak, he had 35, I think in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to ignore that, you know, I, he's not my favorite player by any means, but I appreciate how great of a player he is, especially mm-hmm. for being how limited he is athletically um, to be able to yeah. do what he does is pretty cool. Um, you know, I think someone said he's like the modern day Larry Bird. And I was like, Larry was a little more athletic. Larry was going to say but, he's a little bit more athletic. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll go with Jokic there, but I think Embiid, LeBron, and Durant are all definitely like, it could be like one of those races uh, for gotcha. MVP this year. Uh, Absolutely. Rookie, rookie of the year. I'm going to go with LaMelo. I think he's been the best rookie. Um, I think Wiseman and Tyrese Halliburton are also in the case, but I'm going LaMelo. Mm-hmm. And then most improved player. This is a good one because there's been so many guys that have left their game this year. When reality, it should be Zach Levine. He won't win it just because he's already like a star-studded player. Yeah, he really has been like the. You he's know, been a, yeah. He's been the guy that raises level the most. I think it's gonna be Christian Wood. I just think like everything he's done for Houston since the James Harden trade, Houston is number two in the league in defensive efficiency, mm-hmm. and he plays a big part in that. Even though he has been hurt for a big stretch of it, um, I'm taking Christian Wood for my most improved. 
Ooh, what is like going that. on tonight, man? <laughs> Are you guys on the same wavelength? <laughs> almost, almost. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with Tim. Like I, I went back and forth, and you know, I already, I already want to give the award to KD just for the simple fact that, like, coming off, I was going to give it to him for comeback player of the year, most improved player, <laughs> MVP, just because like how fluid he just stepped back in the season. But you can't top what Jokic is doing right now, man. He, he's, he's winning games for his team. You know, we, we were talking about them at the beginning of the season, how they were already out of it and they've kind of put themselves back in position to be the normal, you know, nuggets. And yeah, um, he's balling every single night and they showed his stat line, and they said that the only person who started out a season and finished a season with the stat line he has right now is Oscar Robertson. You know, Who's he's that? Is he any good. Um, <laughs> I think he played for a team that has the same fantasy basketball team name as you. <laughs> Something like that. Um, rookie of the year. I'm not. I'm still not sold on Mello yet. Um, I would like to see Mello um, consistently put together some big games. Um, and not have on and off days. And, um, you know, I still think there's a shot that there's a couple other guys that could sneak in and win rookie of the year. I think James Wiseman is playing um, so great in, the, in what his role is at Golden State. But uh, I'm going with the young man from uh, Sacramento, uh, I think is, is right now my front runner for rookie of the year, uh, Tyrese. Nice. Um, he's been falling. And remember, I, I was the one that said, why did they take another point guard when they have De'Aaron Fox? And apparently that's working out well, at least for stat-wise. And then yeah. um, most improved player, um, I kind of had my toss-up between um, Grant and Wood. And uh, I, I just think with, you know, reading all the stories of what Christian went through and, you know, even before Harden got traded, like just the, he's still consistent with Harden not there is I think that Christian Wood definitely is uh, most improved player. So two out of three, Tim, I'm with you. I love uh, that. Not sold on Mello yet, but I, that's not saying I won't ever change my mind when we get to the halfway point. I'm going to make mention real quick that Lori Market is playing like he wants to be traded tonight because he's got 30 points against the Knicks. Oh, okay. Going to work. I see you, Martin. Yeah. I see you. Um, let's see here. MVP. God, it is hard to ignore Jokic uh, and what he's doing, but I, I'm going to go Embiid. I'm going to go Embiid. Um, the way he's – his impact – uh, in Philly and how they're playing and how well they're playing um, is it, strictly on his shoulders. Um, Tobias Harris has been really good. Um, ben Simmons, although he's involved in trade talk, has been really good. Um, but Embiid is the one that, that uh, the train doesn't roll unless Embiid's on it. So um, I, I like Embiid. Uh, of course, like you said, Tim LeBron is playing out otherworldly. Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, um, but Embiid has this. This could be a special year for him, where he's kind of gotten over that hump of I'm only going to play a certain amount of time hard and this any other. So, um, Kawhi Leonard's like done that too, by the way. Kawhi What's Leonard, that? Kawhi Leonard's done that too. Yeah, yeah. Hard to take yeah, away absolutely. how good the Clippers have been. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know how, why they're so good? I think it's because they kept their mouth shut. Paul George stopped talking. Right, right. Um, and and they have gone, you know, they've gone nine and one in their last ten. So Ron Lou. Yeah, so Ty Lue knows, you know, sell them all, shut up, just play basketball, and let's get going. Let's go. Ron, I can um, anybody. Exactly. <laughs> um, my rookie of the year is um, – I, I think it's Wiseman. Um, I, I it's I like LaMelo, and I think LaMelo, the more minutes he gets, I think the bigger impact they'll have. Got his first start. Um, Halli- yeah, he got his first start tonight. Um, Halliburton's been great, but uh, Wiseman has played a, a, a pivotal role for the Warriors – Especially, you know, with no clay, he really kind of step in and take a bigger role probably than what they thought he was going to have to take. Um, and I think he's been better now that Draymond's been on the floor. Um, you know, those clips of him coaching him on the floor are awesome. They're great. You know, Draymond just showing him things, just little things on the court to look at. Really cool. So um, right now for me, Wiseman has had the, the, the best impact as far as a rookie. Um, my most improved player – um, and these are close for me, but Christian Wood, number one, um, and Keldon Johnson out of San Antonio has been really oh, good. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's been really good um, uh, for the Spurs. He's been tough. So those two right there have been good, but Christian Wood's probably got the edge, but Keldon Johnson's been I didn't want to mention Keldon Johnson, Ben, because I'm, I'm playing a all-UK fantasy basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hold the one player that makes this team complete. That you got for oh, me. Oh yeah, that's true. And hold on to him. Hold on to him tight. <laughs> they got for me so. for LeBron. <laughs> you're welcome. So, but you're yeah, welcome. so those those are my picks. What did you say, Tim? He said you're welcome. I said you're welcome. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so that those are my picks. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I mean, it, it's you know these have been we've seen some big games, big matchups, big shots, big games. So uh, the NBA season is not disappointed. It's been a lot of fun. So guys, been. that will wrap up shot callers. Um, a couple of plugs here. Uh, my man Timmy D will be interviewing Jeff Perlman, the writer of Three Ring Circus. Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Lakers dynasty. He will be interviewing him on Friday. Tim, do you know when you're going to post that pod? The goal is we'll have a special weekend podcast episode available for everybody. So Saturday morning when you're doing your home chores from the weekend, listen to me and Jeff talk about uh, getting ready to talk to Kobe, Shaq, and Phil. Awesome. Awesome. That'll be an awesome, that'll be an awesome, awesome pod. Because, I mean, the Lakers dynasty is one of those. There it is right there. There's the book. The Lakers dynasty, of course, one of those uh, special times in NBA history um, with, of course, special players with Shaq and Kobe. Can I, can I tell um, a really funny story from the book? Absolutely. Go okay. ahead. Okay. So the first couple of chapters, not to spoil anything, are about when Magic Johnson came back that year. Mm-hmm. And I guess like that team was just so out of the loop. Cedric Sabalos gave himself the French, the nickname Chies, saying that he was the franchise player of the Lakers. He oh gave himself the nickname. One, you know, giving yourself a nickname is never, never going to be a positive thing. <laughs> wow. And then to call yourself the franchise, Chise. 
Oh my goodness. There was a Corey oh, Blunt's oh, interview in there. He's like, you can't give yourself a nickname. <laughs> Shout out Corey Blunt. You that see a lot. Like you see great. Less now. <laughs> I used to like uh, garbage That's man. funny. <laughs> so you guys look forward to that pod this Saturday. Uh, hopefully, Tim. I know Tim wants to get that dropped and, and the interview will go uh, awesome on Friday. Uh, at large bid. Are you still drop, dropping those on Friday, correct, Tim? That's the game plan. This week we're a little shaky with the scheduling. Um, yeah. So I believe 48 minutes might be pushed back a day, so we'll go up Thursday this week and then at large bid Friday. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, we'll keep yeah. everyone in the loop. So Yeah, I was going to say, please uh, keep keep an eye on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams, at 48 Minutes NTWRK on all three of our socials. Make sure you check those out. Uh, we will post on those, let you guys know when pods are dropping. Um, and that way you guys are in the loop on if we've got to make a little show change or a different day, you guys are there. Uh, we're also caught covering, if you're in the uh, North Kentucky, Cincinnati area, we're covering local colleges as much as we can with the COVID stuff. Uh, AKU, Xavier, UC, we're all covering those. Um, make sure you check those out. Also, please make sure you get on Apple Podcasts and you give us five star reviews. We love them. We appreciate them. Get on there. Give us a review. Give us a shout out. We really appreciate those. Download the podcast. You're watching right now. Go download the podcast and five star review it. We appreciate it and we love it. Uh, for my man, producer Tim and Odellas Forellis Hayes, we are out. Thank you for joining us tonight and take care.